Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to the Talentworks podcast. I'm Shukri. I'm Katrina. And I'm Helen. BBC Studios is the production part of the BBC Group. So we're not public service. What we do at BBC Studios is we invest in and we produce amazing shows, both for the UK and globally. We make some shows for the BBC, but we also make them for the market, like Netflix, Channel 4, Spotify, Audible. These include Blue Planet, Pressed, Killing Eve, Strictly Come Dancing, I May Destroy You, Doctor Who, Top Gear. BBC Studios Talentworks are a small but mighty development team within BBC Studios. We work cross-genre and cross-platform. We specifically work with emerging talent, so we look to places like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, people who are writing blogs, maybe people who've got podcasts already, who are storytellers and looking to partner with BBC Studios to tell bigger, bolder stories. In short, we play Cupid for talent and industry. And this podcast is about giving the floor to some of those talented creators. True to form, our guests are going to lead the way. They are going to be telling us about three pieces of work that have defined their careers so far. So who have we got today? Shukri here. It's October 2022 and today I'm joined by Caelan Francis. I was approached by Converse and a representative of them DM'd me on Instagram and I always say the story it was on my requested and you know they said oh I really like your work we've seen your films and there's this A-list celebrity that's going to be part of this very exciting project and we want you to be involved all you've got to do is just can you send your shoe size your clothes size your address I thought it was a scam personally I <laughs> yeah, thought it was, it was giving scam Kaylin is an actor writer director and producer from South London Kaylin started his career as an actor but quickly got fed up with being typecast, so started writing and directing himself. After producing a few films at university, Kalen was subsequently approached by Converse as they wanted him to be part of a black filmmaker's mentoring scheme they were running. As part of this scheme, Kalen was mentored by none other than John Boyega. Since then, Kalen has gone to co-direct a Netflix-funded short and is now part of our programme, In The Mix 2022. In the Mix 2022 was developed by BBC Studios Talentworks and Black Creators Matter in partnership with The Barbican. The project provides black content creators with development experience and the opportunity to produce a short film for BBC Real. If you search BBC Real found in translation, you can watch all the films produced for this project. Today with Kaylin, we're going to discuss, firstly, how we use basketball to corral his friends into making films with him whilst at uni. Next, what acting advice he was given by the one and only John Boyega. And finally, how Kalen has brought cinematic style filmmaking to documentary making for his film for In The Mix. Welcome to the Talawex podcast, Kalen. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So first things first, can you sum up what you do? Okay, like that. Yep. Okay. Hello, my name is Kalen Francis. I am a filmmaker. I act, direct, write and produce my content. 
And yeah, essentially, my goal when I make my content is just to really create forms of content that really pierce the hearts of the viewers that watch it and leave positive messages for everybody. Oh, that's nice. Oh. <laughs> so let's get right into your first clip. So this is meant to represent your earliest creative work. What have you got for us? So what I have for you guys is my first short film that I made during my time at university back in 2018, actually. So roughly four years ago called Family Matters. So when are you going to give me back my money? How many times do I have to tell you? I don't know what you're talking about, so just drop it, yeah? Bro, I can see the money right there. Look, bro, don't call me bro, G. So what? You was gonna rob me, yeah? After all the things I did for you, when no one rated you, I was there. I brought you in. You only know Lonzo and them, man, because of me. So what? You want me to look up to you now? You think you're so perfect, but you're just a thief. Are you mad? How are you calling me a thief when you have my money in your hands? Well, started when you took something important from me first. What are you talking about? What was this film about? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So, um, Family Matters essentially follows the, the life of Matteo, who is a very talented basketball player who um, had an opportunity to... I guess make it pro, you know, the NBA or whatnot. But he gets his long-term girlfriend pregnant called Iris and they have a kid called Michaela. Essentially, it just follows his life kind of navigating, being a father and also just kind of holding on to his dreams of, or his lost dreams of, you know, going far. Think of Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith. If Will Smith was, a, you know, UK play basketball, it's kind of like that. So you mentioned uni. You studied international politics, right? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what made you like, obviously, because that's quite different to filmmaking. What made you want to make a film? I've actually done, I guess I acted from a very young age. So when I was, you know, two years old, I was doing Tally Conte, singing, dancing, acting, you know, young Kaylin. So acting was something that was I was always passionate about. And I was always doing it in my free time. But that was only acting. I didn't realise the world of writing and directing and producing until when I kind of got fed up of just being typecasted and a lot of things. And I was like, do you know what? I've got some stories I would like to tell. So I decided in my free time, started getting friends together and, you know, writing, directing, producing those films. And then that's how I got into it. What were some of your influences during this time? Okay, so for me, um, a big influence is definitely... Japanese anime, I'm a huge anime fan. I've been watching it since I was a kid. Yeah, I just love how different, I guess, Eastern storytelling is. And I take definitely draw inspiration from that. They take show, not tell to another level. So I think everybody's heard about, you know, not telling a story, but showing it. But symbolism in anime is very, very powerful. That They go to the extent of a character holding a certain flower, for example, to really show something. And it can be very, very poetic. I think even just in, especially in Japan and Eastern countries as well, they're very, even their language is very, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And how there's certain double entendres in the names and words that they use. So I definitely learned in terms of, of just not using lines or, or dialogue to tell my stories, but be creative in terms of, can I even show it in the, in the art department or the world that they're living in or even the very concept itself? So yeah, symbolism is very prevalent in anime and I learned symbolism. That's what I kind of take from it. Other influences, I'd say just life experience as well. So for example, a huge part of the film was basketball and 
basketball in my university was a huge, huge, huge thing. Everyone would come to watch the games and stuff. And I was actually part of my university's ACS, which is African Caribbean Society, and also the West Indian Society as well. And they had like a lot of members. So I suggested, there was a little bit of a, a kind of friendly rivalry going on as well. So I suggested, how about I organise a charity game between the two societies and kind of broadcast it and say, this is what's going on. But then if you turn up to the event, you know, you're basically saying you're happy to be filmed. So I did that. I actually have a very funny story though. So for that last shot, we want everyone to storm the court. And then it was fantastic. It was a euphoric moment. I'm like, yes, okay, we did it. We did it. And then the sound person was like, guys, um, I wasn't recording the sound. Oh, no. <laughs> oh heartbreak. But fortunately, the university played a game and someone actually scored a game or not. So what I was like, let's use that sound and just put over that. So that is not actual sound captured on the day, but it was from another game. Post-production magic. That's exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to your second clip. Something that represents a significant moment in your career so far. Yep, so upcoming is a short film called The Healer, which is a film made during my time with John Biega and Converse in a scheme that I was luckily selected for. And he made this film in April 2022. Is this where you live? Up here, you can, um... I think this one, you can charge for it over there. Thank you, um, Hila. Hi, Shiloh. And you are? Talia. Nice to meet you. Why is it so messy? I just like to know where everything is. And you're so young. And so are you. And the superheroes aren't supposed to be young. How are the superheroes supposed to be? I don't know, not young. The superheroes don't know how to fold their own clothes. Can your parents teach you any manners? Parents don't teach you how to clean. Look, you don't have to be, you know, you can go somewhere else. No, I'm, I'm sorry. You're just not who I thought you'd be. You know what they say, don't be heroes. <laughs> so, how did this opportunity come about? Funnily enough, there's actually a string that kind of connects the two together. So, from watching the first film, Family Matters, I was approached by Converse and a representative of them DM'd me on Instagram. And I always say the story, it was on my requested and, you know, they said, oh, I really like your work, we've seen your films and we want to kind of put you on and become, you know, an all-star, which is kind of, I guess, being sponsored by them. And there's this A-list celebrity that's going to be part of this very exciting project and we want you to be involved. All you've got to do is just, not even what you do, but can you send your shoe size, your clothes size, your address? And um, yeah, I thought it was a scam, personally. <laughs> yeah, I it, thought, was, it was giving scam. Yeah, it was giving, mm-hmm. it was giving four and nine, but like modern day mm-hmm. or futuristic. I was very, very... Am I going to lose all my theos? But yeah, so I did some research and I found out it was very much legit. So I quickly complied. And um, yeah, it turned out that A-list star was uh, John Viega himself. And it was a two-part scheme. First, it was like a really huge advertisement. So photo shoots, being on billboards and stuff like that. But then the second half was that we was given 25 grand to make a film of our choice. And yeah, I decided to make a film called Vahila, which is a sci-fi fantasy short film. So why the superhero genre? I decided to choose a superhero genre because I wanted to 
explore the realm of fantasy and use it to tackle realistic issues. So going into the details of the film, Shiloh's superpower is healing, but is healing via empathy. So when he touches a target or someone, he would heal them, but he'll take on their pain. And I, this is a perfect example of what I was talking about. I think that everybody to some shape or form can relate to having empathy for one another. But also when you have empathy, it kind of takes a chunk of you as well, if that makes sense. And I just really wanted to talk about it, but using it in a very different I guess, creative way. So as part of this opportunity, you got to be mentored by the amazing John Boyega. Yeah, yeah. What did you learn from him? Tell us about that experience. Yeah, for sure. So one thing that I can definitely remember that I learned from him, he actually took us out to like a, this really big Chinese restaurant. Shout out John for that. And <laughs> um, firstly, he actually is an anime lover as well. So that was a good conversation. But I asked him, you know, he's had a lot of experiences and really big sets. One, for example, being Star Wars, which is like, you know, that's a very huge set. Mm-hmm. And it's also in the genre that I'm interested in, which is sci-fi and fantasy. So I said, as an actor, how do you really get into your characters and really create realistic performances despite having just a madness behind camera, you know, probably green screens and this and that. And um, yeah, and it gave me some just golden nuggets in terms of how he really gets into a character. And in a safe way as well, acting can be very dangerous if you kind of, you know, take it too far in terms of like characterization Mm -hmm. so yeah man you just really just gave me some gems in regards to that (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about these gems yeah for sure so one thing he was saying that what he likes to do is really spending extensive time as the character even beyond filming that way where it's like whatever you do that's what the character would do if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's very method very very method (laughs) (laughs) So I would like you to drop some gems of your own, Kaylin. Mm-hmm. So how do you make a brilliant five-minute film? Firstly, I'd say the first step is really think about what you want to tell. As I said before, every single story from even, you know, your fairy tales like Little Red Riding Hood to your big blockbusters, you know, like the Avatar or even Breaking Bad, they all have a message that they want to tell. So firstly, find your message that you like to say. And then I'd say... In short form content and, you know, films and stuff, really and truly, I think when you have five minutes, I say kind of focus on a moment, if that makes sense, or a scenario situation that you can really explore. And I say, once you kind of find that, have that as kind of your skeleton and then you decorate it, make it look nice with funny dialogue or working with a DOP or a director to get the look. And also I'd say, if you're someone that has everything planned out, don't be so controlling and let the process happen because there's certain things that I didn't think of that you know like an art director will come up with or mm-hmm. an actor themselves to be like you know I've been really looking at this character and I really think that maybe instead of talking this way I think they'd be a bit more quiet and shy because of the situation and you're like do you know what I like the way you think and really let it be a process as a whole family coming together you know the mm-hmm. proverb says it takes a village to raise a child I think it takes a family to make a film you can't do it by yourself that's what I'd say. If you could do this again, what would you do differently? I would say definitely we kind of found the location very, very late. And you can't help certain things in the filmmaking process. Sometimes, like, I don't know, there could be a flood one day or just things you can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think fundamentally, like, a location is so, so important. And it was, you know, if you watch it, it looks like not even in London, which it was in Caterham. So it was very hard to find a location. I think 
firstly really prioritizing finding a location first just so okay this is where it is we can go visit it we can really see like what kind of angles you can shoot in how can we really organize it and i think that would make for a less stressful shoot and time kind of pressure shoot for sure so location 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay let's fast forward into the present tell us a little bit about your third clip the one which best represents you and your success at this moment so this next clip is my short pilot for In The Mix, which is a program that I was fortunate to be a part of and I'm really grateful to be here. We was given the task of creating a pilot based on the theme Lost in Translation, focusing on a word that doesn't directly translate into English. So this short film will premiere at Barbican and you're working with a writer called Adna. What's the premise of your film? So the name and the word actually that Anna selected was Nagnol, which is a Somali word. It means a live woman, which is a term of endearment for Somali women and is very empowering and stuff. And essentially what the film is about is just really looking at three different examples as there's not a direct translation into English and there's many different interpretations of it. So someone may interpret Nagnol as one way, but then it might be different to somebody else. So we're looking at three different examples with three different wonderful women and interviewing them and seeing them in their lives as well and just kind of compiling it together to really create this empowering short form content. I got into football when I was about eight years old. Um, I was playing at primary school, I think, when everybody else was playing. My first footballing memory is probably watching the 2006 World Cup final. I know that makes me sound really, really young, I hope, or maybe old, I'm not sure. So obviously for me, as a young Muslim, Somali, black woman, growing up in the UK, you know, like the intersectionality of my identity, there's so many different things that come into it. Um, and there might be incidences where I feel like I'm being represented as a black woman, but not as a Muslim woman. Or I feel like I'm being represented as a black person, but not as a Somali person. So having watched the Euros and obviously seeing the England women's side as a majority white team, I think it doesn't look like a team that represents me, um, which is really sad to say, because obviously my whole life I've you know, supported England in every major tournament. So what have you borrowed from your narrative filmmaking experience that you have used in this documentary? Typically, when you kind of start the beginning process of any, you know, be it content or film or whatnot, you create a treatment. And in my treatment, I was very, I kind of pitched to them in terms of kind of making it more of a cinematic documentary, being a hybrid of both narrative and documentary so within the interviews there'll be almost scenes where we're just experiencing the people slash characters in this piece of content you know what it's like a moment in their lives and yeah that's definitely something that I've taken from my narrative background and experience even in terms of just visually as well I want it to be something it's not, I haven't haven't seen a film or any wide-scale content looking at Somali women. So I was like, Do you know what? I think this is something that deserves that kind of pedestal. So you use really top cinematic cameras and Ari Alexa, and we even using cinematic framing in terms of the widescreen as opposed to a really small thing just to really paint it and really kind of, yeah, polish it and say that like, this is a story that deserves to be in this kind of scale with your Avengers and stuff like that. So Love that. <laughs> Thanks. What's a typical day like when producing and directing a documentary like this? For sure. So I can give like a visual analogy. So I don't know if you guys watch Spider-Man, but there's a bit when he's holding the bridge of his webs and he's like holding it like together. Because <laughs> when you're producing and directing, 
you know, my left arm is holding the bridge of creativity, but the right hand is the bridge of, you know, organization. And so a day would be trying to like liaise with the people or I guess the women that we're working with in terms of, okay, what days can you do? What days can't you do? And then also, again, these are not actors, they're people that haven't got experience filming. So it's like, okay, kind of explain to them what will be required of them. I also have to work with forms as well. So sorting that out, creating like health and safety forms, dealing with um, permissions and location forms, which is something that's relatively new to me. I come from a gorilla making background. So I'm literally looking around. Let's film this quickly, guys, and then get out of here. But can't do that at BBC, obviously. So we have to work with forms. And then on the other side of creativity, so working with the DOP and just going on recce's. So going to the locations, talking to the people, paying them a picture of what we're trying to do and just collaborating so yeah it's kind of kind of busy but it's active and I like to stay on my feet a bit so it's not too bad. So Caelan you had the opportunity to work with some BBC Studios exec producers on this project what have you learned from them tell us a little bit about that. I've definitely learned popular jargon such as like a paper edit I didn't know what paper edit was <laughs> a paper edit is essentially when you've just finished filming and you got your rushes you would essentially get a piece of paper out and go through all the rushes and just basically make notes of like timestamps of what you'd like, you know, from a director's point of view so that the editor who comes to see it will mm-hmm. go to those timestamps that you're given. So that's kind of one thing that I've learned. Okay, Kaylin. so this is a part of the show where we ask every one of our guests to look into the crystal ball of their future. Tell us what you see. What do you see? What I definitely see in my future for sure is a story titled from the mind of Caden Francis and just even seeing that you know in them like Comic-Con Expos or just those mm-hmm. events and it's like they just did like a teaser and yeah. it's just like or even trailers them trailers mm-hmm. yeah even a trailer and they just said that name Caden Francis okay I've got to go watch this that is something I need to see and having that kind of reputation for sure is what I would love to have for example I'm pretty stoked for the next Avatar film to come out so maybe I'm just like you know James Cameron, but Caden Francis, you know? Scale, scale, we like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You got to shoot for the stars, it's land on the moon. That Love is it. A, yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Caden, we have sadly come to the end of our podcast. Oh. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. We hope you had a good time. I did, thank you. And I'm really looking forward to seeing your documentary at the Barbican. Thank you, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing. No, but thank you for having me, honestly. It's been great. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you're interested in knowing more about Kaylin, you can find him on Instagram at Kaylin Francis. That's K-A-Y-L-E-N-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. You can also find us at Talentworks at BBC Studios Talentworks. This has been a Curly Media production on behalf of BBC Studios. See you next time. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,